Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Casey inherits a radio station, WTYT 960, from his father only to discover that it's on the brink of financial collapse. To right the sinking ship, Casey pulls out the oldest trick in radio, a wacky contest. His grand plan is to host a billboard sitting contest where four people will live on a catwalk in front of a billboard owned by the station for the chance of winning a mobile home and $90,000, Unprepared for the spotlight, Casey rises to the challenge of running a business as he faces a relentless attacks from his competition, local authorities trying to shut him down, the media's interpretation of his contest, and, it, and Mother Nature. And with that, we're joined today by the director of the film, Billboard, Zeke Zelker. Zeke, welcome to Film School. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're very welcome, and thank you. Uh, where did this idea for uh, Billboard come from? Uh, sure, so... Um it's based on an actual Billboard City context that I recall from my youth uh, that took place in my hometown of Allentown, Pennsylvania. I was always intrigued of what these guys were doing up there, and I became even more intrigued by what the radio station was doing behind the scenes as these people were living on the billboard, what they were going through. And so the film really focuses on the radio station that hosts the contest, and what obstacles do they have to overcome to be able to host like a grand like this. I believe one of the reasons why it is a is a good platform is because you have a, a lot of people, very different kinds of people in a relatively small environment. And I think that's part of the appeal of Billboard is that it you have these great characters who have a history up with the station and in walks Casey who only has a familial relationship to the to the radio station. Tell me a little bit about what's your your approach in terms of framing the story around this radio station and and what you were hoping to accomplish by doing that. Um, sure. So to give a little bit of background about myself is my family started an amusement park in Allentown, Pennsylvania called Dorney Park. And I would travel around the park with my grandfather doing um, maintenance checks. So we were in the deep of the bowels of the park all the time. And so I've always been more interested in the behind the scenes of the spectacle than the spectacle itself. We ended up for the film, we took over a college radio station, um, and you know, we rented it out for a number of weeks. We recreated, we created this set. I wanted the radio station to almost feel like an entrapment of Casey, uh, where you know, there's the paneling on the walls that make it almost like a jail cell, very, very cramped uh, and very isolation. And so the thought is true is a matter of like, you know, there's always that man or that woman behind the voice and people kind of conjure their own minds of what they look like or who they are. Mm -hmm. And so it's always interesting to kind of like do something that's completely opposite of what people might conceive of them as being. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're kind of playing on, on truth and fiction quite a bit throughout the entire scale of the project. Um, and the interesting thing about Radio 2 is, unfortunately, with all the digital stuff, you know, not as many people listening to radio, which even gives me more um, reason to promote a art form that is an art form 
and the ability to kind of like have people harken back to, to yesteryear and the idea of nostalgia and the idea of doing a crazy contest, which don't exist anymore at all mm-hmm. uh, because of liability reasons, all this kind of nonsense. You know, so I, I did this project as a love letter to not only my hometown, but also to an industry that I feel like you know, people should pay more attention to again. I think you're right. We don't listen to radio the way we used to listen to radio. It isn't the focal point that it used to be for people. Uh, so, yeah, it, it does have... There is an air of nostalgia. This is a small town, and it is in an area that is economically depressed, which, by the way, is another element to the film that I, I liked, which was uh, it is about this sort of and I call it the hollowing out of American small towns where the uh, the opportunities for economic advancement seem to be l- fewer and fewer and harder to find. And there's sort of a subtext in the film about that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the whole idea of people trying to survive in our environment today where we have all this political chaos. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Right. Uh, it's still chaotic nonetheless. Um but the weird thing about it is the lengths that people will go through to succeed today are pretty unbelievable. Whether they're lying, just like you know the scandal that's rocking you know college campuses right now, or, or whether or not they're trying to step on their brother to get ahead, it's just a matter of um, evaluating of where we stand as a nation and is the pursuit of the American dream still alive? Can like my daughters? achieve the same amount of wealth, quite honestly, than, than my wife and I have been able to achieve. And my wife and I, we achieve as much as our parents have. And unfortunately, there's a, there's a shift in economics that I'm not certain that that's actually going to be able to happen anymore. Uh, and so then where do you find contentment in this world that people have created where so many things are, are, are not what they seem online, and then you're kind of like left behind to try and figure out who am I, why am I, and these sorts of things, and then playing off of all that. So the film is pretty complex in how I created it. If you just take it on face value, that's one thing, but if you actually dig deeper into the con, um, the context that I've created along with it, um, you kind of get a deeper message of, of how I see society today. Well, and also it, it gives credibility to the premise of people signing up for these contest, for a contest to win a, a mobile home and money. I mean, right. yeah, I mean, and, and and plus we see enough of the town to under, to get the idea that that things are economically depressed and it's not going well and and the radio station itself is under financial stress and we was sort of this it does invoke a downward spiral. The film just sort of the the uh, peripheral parts of the film, not central to the, certainly not as, as central to the characters themselves. You have this vibe and sense from that, that that's what's happening. The uh, lead actor in the film is John Robinson. And one of the things about his performance that I thought was really well done is he has, he has a, a, a commitment to his family and to his father to see what he can do to save the radio station because it's been around as an institution in this community. It's been around his family forever as long as he can, as a young boy, he remembers his father doing, being involved in the radio station. So there's a familial uh, context for it. But he himself is, he wants it to succeed, but he has, it feels like he has a hard time with the 
I'd say commitment. Help me out here. He he himself. It's more of an. It does feel more obligatory, at least at the beginning, than it does in a real sense that this is his idea. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so and so you know with Casey, he's a uh, cartoonist living in Santa Monica. Finds out that his dad passes away and has to come home to basically save the station. You know, it is a matter of legacy that he comes home, you know, to do this. Uh, does he want to do it? Not necessarily. Uh, and that's also a playoff of the ending of the film as well. Um, I won't ruin it for people, but it's interesting. It's because, you know, we've done a bit of testing on it, and it's interesting like, how people uh, perceive the ending of the film. You know, the idea of being a creative and being a child, like my family has this legacy of this park that they sold back in 94, unfortunately. Um, and so legacy has always been very important to me. And quite honestly, part of my legacy is the body of work that I leave behind. Um, and that's why I take it extremely seriously. That's one of the reasons why I take, you know, quite a bit of time to actually craft what I do. Uh, but with Tasty, he comes home to try and save something, decides of how he's going to do it, and then sticks to that plan without knowing how to execute upon it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a challenge. That's a big challenge because if somebody doesn't know business or know radio and they're they're basically now the leader of it, you know, you're you're going to basically be a fish out of water in the, in a big way, and you're going to be grasping for air every single every single breath, and that's you know kind of like what Casey ends up having to endure. Yeah, yeah, he does, he does, and the vibe of the people around the station is. It's he. It's a heavy lift for him. Everything in the film for him is a heavy lift. Getting people, with the exception of his the assistant, her name is Henry. The actress's name is uh, Alice Wills. Yes, she's terrific. And, and but she, she's one of the sort of uh, the more positive sort of pushing him to follow through with this to do the best that they can to make this work. But the rest of them are more tied to the radio station, I think, than they are to, to Casey. And 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 there, so it's a it's a it, everything about his his ideas tend to meet with sort of an institutional inertia in some way. So it's so all of these things sort of feed into and he becomes he he he's he's clear eyed about everything in the in the film. I don't think that he, there's anything about it that is that he is um, not aware of. But at the same time. And it's in his performance that he's he he feels an obligation to continue to do this because of this tie that he has to the station. Yeah, and, and also to just imagine like how many things that you do or I do because we have a tie to some sort of legacy yeah. or some sort of idea right. in our notion. I mean, there's a lot of filmmakers out there that you know they get they get they become obsessed on their piece of work and they will do anything that they have to 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 make it to make it happen. Yeah. Just like I have with Billboard. You know, my, my, the people that work with me, you joke around that billboards become somewhat autobiographical in terms of, of Casey's struggle and how we've struggled to be able to get this thing you know, out there into the world. I'm constantly being you know, second by one thing or another. And I'm not just saying, like, monetarily, but, like, literally we've had death happen that have created setbacks for us, and we have ways of picking up the pieces and moving on. Yeah. And that's just, it's, it's a challenge, and but it's a very real challenge. The one thing that as a filmmaker that I always want to do is to be as authentic as possible. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Elia Kazan um, and you just how his films were very real. Um, you know, you could, you could smell the scene practically. Yeah. And that's really like the inspiration behind why I became a filmmaker is to be able to tell these stories and affect people in a way that they don't necessarily um, think about. 
like when we, we, we did some test screening of the film in, in my hometown, and a lot of people felt that I was going to be telling the same story that the, uh, that the film was based on back in 82, and it's not at all. And even in my marketing pieces, I totally told everybody that this is not the same film or the same story, everything else. I think people still wanted to, you know, um, you know, weigh nostalgic, and it's a matter of the whole idea of it. Um, and so there's some disappointment in it. Uh, but it's always then fun when we screened it in places that didn't know anything about the contest. And, you know, we're, we're selling out audiences. Yeah. You know, we're selling out theaters, I should say. And that's what's kind of fun about it. And, and it's interesting of, like, when you go into something with a preconceived notion, yeah. and then you realize that it's not that, what do you do? Right, right. Well, remind our listeners, we're speaking with Zeke Zelker. He is the director, producer, and writer of the film Billboard. And you can find out more about the film at billboardmovie.com, billboardmovie.com. Uh, Zeke, you've done some interesting things with just move on to sort of the the way people can see this film. You've got the film, but you also have something else that's a companion to the film. Talk a, a little bit about the other part of the uh, the billboard experience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so when I first started to create this project, I wanted to do what every other filmmaker would want, is to basically create their own radio station. Uh, I say that in jest, because that's literally what I started uh, to be able to craft this entire story world that we've crafted. Uh, so I created WT1T960 about 10 years ago. There's over 1,000 bands on it from 22 countries and 49 states. If anybody has a friend that has a band in South Dakota, that is our only holdout in the United States. Um, and so what we tried to do was with the radio station was kind of blur the lines from truth and fiction. We hold live events with bands that are on the site. We hold, you know, contests for them and everything else in a way to help promote themselves. Uh, but then when it came time to tell the story, I want to tell a story from two different points of view. Uh, one solely focused on the radio station, uh, WQIT 960, which is uh, the movie. But then I wanted to fo- focus on the, um, on the four people living on the billboard, and we crafted a web series where we very seldom you know, leave that billboard, but it's kind of like a cause and effect of like what's happening at the radio station affects the billboard sitters, what the billboard sitters are doing affects the, um, you know, the radio station in the movie. And so you can literally see two points of view of the same story by consuming all the media that we've created around the storyline. That is very, very interesting. And actually, when I was watching the film, that was something that crossed my mind. And there you go. You 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 could see the 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 back and forth when you when you immerse yourself in the the billboard sitters. So it's uh yeah it's fascinating. I I don't know of another filmmaker that comes to mind that's done what you have done here. No, no uh, there really hasn't. I have a you know a couple of peers in the, in the transmedia world. Uh, I have friends that do stuff with transmedia, like uh, Jeff Gomez, but he does things for marketing of like Marvel and Avatar and things like that. Uh-huh. So he's called in after the fact to take diff- and to create different sorts of content to be able to build up story worlds. But his little aren't necessarily always part of the gestation of the original idea. This has always been part of the original idea and how I want to craft the story and tell the story. Mm-hmm. And, and just to try and do something new and interesting so people can watch the film, you know, watch the web series on their mobile device and things like that and, and kind of get this entire experience that, we're, that we've created. How can people see uh, Billboard? Uh, sure. So the film goes into theaters starting on April 5th. 
Uh, we're going to be doing a market-to-market saturation around the country. Okay. Uh, people can then view, they can view right now the web series by going to buildwithmovie.com. It'll send you to a link uh, to be able to screen it via uh, Vimeo. Uh, you can see for some free episodes on Facebook and also on YouTube. Uh, but I encourage people to kind of go to the Vimeo site just so that they get the entire story. Um, and then what we're going to be doing in the future is we're hoping to be able to marry the film and the web series on the same landing page, like on iTunes and so forth, mm-hmm. so that people can watch the film, stop the film, watch the, an episode of the web series, so they kind of get the entire story world if they want to that way. Okay. Uh, but we, yeah, so we're first starting theatrical with the film, then going out to you know um, all the digital uh, port- uh, portals as well. Film is competing for eyeballs all over the world now with in so many different ways and different approaches. And this is unique. I, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like maybe it's unique to me. It doesn't sound like it's completely unique. There are other people doing something along the lines of what you're doing. But my hat's off to you for your uh, ingenuity in and allowing people to experience Billboard from a lot of different ways. And, and getting, uh, hopefully, that will, by putting it out on these different kind of platforms in different ways. Uh, you'll Thank get, you. Yeah, this is a, a yeah, congratulations uh, on the film, first Thank of all. You. And and then secondly, uh, this uh, this entrepreneurial approach to uh, getting uh, getting an audience or finding an audience. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing is true, it's like you have to look at this as a long tail. You should be trying to collect audience from, from day one when you start to kind of craft uh, a project. So with Billboard, we, we started that by, by creating WTYT 960 uh, and building our audiences that way. Um, and so it's important that, you know, as a filmmaker, you start to realize who your audience is and then how to be able to capture them and then take them along on the story path. And so, like, I've kind of, like, created four ways of creation or four steps of creation that, I, that, I'm start, that I've been trying to work on over the course of Billboard. So Billboard's also been a big R&D uh, project yeah. uh, for something that I want to do in the future, and it, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're excited about it. I'm so excited to hear what people have to say about it. You know, people can like literally, you know, reach out to me uh, across social at Zig Zelker. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, sharing stories with each other. You know, that, that's what we do. That's what we do as filmmakers. We're, we're there to share stories, tell stories, and affect people, the story motion, and so forth, and, and, and try and make the, the world a little bit of a better place. Yeah, you have a number of websites. You just mentioned ZekeZelker.com. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, WTYT960.com, and then Billboard website is BillboardMovie.com. What is I Dream Machine? What is that? So I Dream Machine is actually my production company. Okay. Um, we do, we do, you know, we also produce other people's work as well. Um, and we also host a bunch of events for artists. Because um, I really feel like, you know, my, the way that I give back to my art community is by hosting events for artists, all the way from adults to kids. Uh, so you'll see some, if you, go, if you visit the page, you'll see the stuff with Art Wars and Art Spark. And that's what I do with that as well, besides my, my uh, filmmaking endeavors. Wow. That's uh, this is just great. This is great. I'm I'm so happy for you for the work here with Billboard and for the varied ways in which you went about doing this. Uh, bring like I said, bringing people into the experience in ways that are creative and intriguing. And um, yeah, and and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, the film is again is Billboard, and we have been talking with the producer, writer, director, Zeke Selker. Zeke, thank you. 
Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.